0: Father, for your spirit that is here today. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for the hearts of each and every individual. I declare them all good ground, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you that the word that will be planted in their heart will produce 30, 60, 100 fold in their life. Hallelujah. And Lord, I just thank you for transformed lives today. Renewed minds and transformed lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Please turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. I am going to do a quick recap of last week. You know, we can't hear this enough. Well, one person thinks so. Okay, amen. (laughs) Now I know, you're all busy turning. All right. (coughs) Colossians chapter 1. Remember again that we began here. This is where the Apostle Paul said, "...for by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him." I like the the King James Version because it has a continuity to it. it. Because it begins by saying for by, by Him were all things created. And some versions, when they get to, to the end, they say, through Him. And you know what? I think it's a bit stronger, the first part, that, that it, it was created by Him and for Him. Amen? And, you know, we really need to understand that God, Jesus Christ, created everything, well, excuse me, all things were created by Him and for Him. Okay? So that was very important. Uh, also in Revelation 4.11, we saw there, it says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you, cre- you created all things. And by your will, and it says in the King James and New Living Translations, For your pleasure, they exist and were created. And that was very important, that God made everything for His pleasure. Now, you know, if we don't get this, we're going to miss something huge. Because the way the devil, you know, portrays us is that we are just a pain in God's side. We're just a thorn in His side. You know, and He just puts up with us. He created all things for His pleasure. He created us for His pleasure. Are are you all with me? So, you know, we, we need to understand that on the front end, God loves us. He doesn't love us on the back end. What do you mean by that? that? That What I mean by that is He doesn't wait for you to do something lovable so He can love you. Do you understand? It's, it's not a responsive love. It is a love that is on the front side. He loves you regardless. Amen. You know, that's the reason why John 3.16 is such a, a precious verse. Because Jesus said, for God so loved, you didn't realize, did you? <laughs> you know, we thought for God so judged and God so hated and God so everything else, but he so loved the whole world that he was w- willing to give his best. We need to get that. Back to this. Okay, so remember when went on to Ephesians chapter 1 verses three through six. And I really want to read those verses again. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Said said this before, I'll say it again. We could spend weeks on that verse. I want you to think about every spiritual blessing. Do you know every spiritual blessing? (laughs) Okay? He blessed us with all of it. I mean, (laughs) verse 4. Just as He chose us, that's what was important. Just as what? He chose us. We didn't choose Him, He chose us. In Him, that is in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. See, you need to understand what that verse is saying. Before we had any uh, say in any of this, He chose us, and the way I see this is He thought about us. Before we even came into being, before He made anything, He thought about us. He thought, hmm, I wonder what I should do for them. I want to create people in my image after my likeness. going I love him, I'm going to give him authority. But you know what? When I bring them into this world, what kind of world do I want to bring them into? It's just like a parent who is preparing the room before the baby comes. You all know what I'm saying? And, you know, they color it and they put all the... They don't put snakes and alligators in the room. And it's just a little mobile that goes around and dingles. You know, (laughs) something something to grab the attention, But nothing hurtful, nothing harmful. God created paradise for us because He loved us. We're the one that messed it up. And then we have the nerve, the audacity to say, Oh, God is testing us. With what? All the stuff we brought in. Duh. This is stupid. Sorry, I know I shouldn't say that word, but I said it. Because it is. That is not a smart thought. When God did everything He could to bless us. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been called Paradise. It would have been, you better watch where you step. (laughs) Any bush could have anything jumping out of it. But everything was in harmony. Everything was made out of love. See, you need to get this. That everything God made and put before he put us here was done lovingly. And said, oh, they're going to love this. And some of them are going to love dogs. And some are going to love cats. And there's going to be cat people and don't. <laughs> no, no, You know everything He did. You know what I'm going to say, okay? Everything He did, He did for us. Amen. And so when He put us on this planet, that's the reason why He said, you name them. This is all gifts for you. What do you want to call them? Amen. You in was little. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Um, <laughs> you know. She would call things not exactly right, and we wouldn't correct her because she was so cute. You know, until she got to Chrissy, and then Chrissy said, That's not the word. And she goes, No, that is the word. That is a trampolina. No, that's a trampoline. No, it's a trampolina. My parents would have corrected me if I was wrong. No, you were too cute. We didn't want to correct you. And that isn't a pushing? No, it's a cushion. And that's not spaghetti. No, it's spaghetti. You know what I'm gonna say? That's how parents are. We just love our kids. Call them whatever you want. <laughs> Now, she knows today, okay? <laughs> she do a little cross with me <laughs> when she found out that. Anyway, anyway verse 5. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, no, actually, I can't. <laughs> notice, I know I preached on this before, but, you know, I want to bring some fresh revelation in as well. And I, re- I really want to kind of retune us back in, okay? I want you to notice again, he said, he said he chose us before the foundation of the world. What? That we should be holy and without blame. He didn't create us to blame us for something. He wasn't looking for someone to beat on. Are you getting this? Because this is the problem we have. We keep thinking that we're just down here for God to kind of, you know, judge us and and whatever. And it's not pleasant. And this tells us something totally different that we should be holy without blame before Him in love. See, again, it comes back to love. He, He wants to love us and he knows that in loving us we'll love him back. And the devil knows that too. So what does he do? He makes us believe that God is behind all our problems, so that it's difficult for us to love something that is attacking us all the time, that is testing us all the time. Verse five. <laughs> Having now this is not predestination the way people preach it. All right, because God thinks ahead. We kind of wait for something to happen and go, we should do something about that. No, predestination isn't about that. Predestination is the same thing you do when a child is coming. You have everything organized for the kid. And you want to have his college fund or her college fund ready and all of those things so that, you know, when the time comes, it's all predestined. It's all there, ready for them. Now, they might choose not to go. But you'd already planned. You made the provision for them. In the same way, when you come into the kingdom, God has a plan for you. That's the predestination. He already ha- He already knows that... If you come in, He already knows what He's going to do with you. He created you for something awesome. God doesn't make second best things. Amen. Everything that He comes up with is brilliant. Yeah, my life doesn't look so bad. You know, it may not be exactly where you should be. That's all I'm going to say. No judgment, I'm just saying that. Okay? So, <laughs> He says, having predestined us to adoption as sons by, uh, by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Now, I want you to notice here, He tells us that we were predestined to be His children. Now, everything that I said, we find in this very book, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good work. That's a predestination. So, as, as soon as you come in the kingdom, all of that takes place. Are you all here? Okay, so, remember again, we went back and looked at Ephesians 1, four in the New Living Translation because it said there, and I know it's different a little bit, so just listen if it's not the same up there. It it said long ago, even before He made the world, God loved us. Before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. I love that. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave Him great pleasure. Now, I don't know if it's there or not, but Oh, that part's then good. Okay. <laughs> Somebody said, "You only religion translation," and this—they don't always match. That was that bit was important. It gave him great pleasure. It didn't give him great grief. Are, are you all getting this? That's why we call this series "God's Love." Okay. <laughs> now. The primary reason, I need to restate this. Remember I said to you, and this is so important, the primary purpose for our creation. Now, this is not the only purpose. Somebody say this is not the only purpose. Okay, it's not the only one. Because somebody would jump up and say something else. No, I'm telling you, first and foremost, primary purpose, the first thing, first and foremost, was that you were created by love to be loved. Did you hear me? I've said here, it was not so we could serve God, praise Him, or even love Him, even though those things are extremely important and vital. They are extremely important and vital. But that wasn't purpose number one. You see, all the things that God tells us to do in prayer and praise and all that is so that we can build a connection with Him so that he can bless us unhindered. See, but you, you can't get that part until you get this part. If you don't understand, first of all, that he loved us, he, we were created for his pleasure, and he, he, you know, he created someone to love, we'll never do the rest of it because we don't know what's at the other end. You ask me to praise you and make connections to what? Something that's going to test me, try me? Or someone that's going to love me unconditionally. You get this? That's the reason why you praise God. That's the reason why you love God. That's the reason why you don't go after anything else. Because them fellas, <laughs> they don't have your best interest at heart. Okay. That's why we looked at Ephesians 2 and verse 4, uh, 4 through 7, where he says, "...but God, who is rich in mercy..." because of His great love with which He loved us. Notice that? Don't, you know, don't read past that. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us. He is rich in mercy because of His great love toward us. Are you all with me? That's why He's merciful. He isn't merciful because He thinks, Well, you know, I am love and I should be merciful. And, ugh, they're a pain. But okay, I'll try to be merciful today. You know? Get this? He's merciful because nothing we've done. Not just because we repented enough and, you know, crawled on the ground enough and nothing. None of those things. He loves us because, oh, He's merciful to us because He loves us. Amen. And I love the next verse. It says, even when we were dead in trespasses, this is when we were doing (laughs) not well, okay? (laughs) Okay. It says, He made us alive together with Christ. And it says, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together, verse 6, and made us sit together, I mean, Ephesians 2 6, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. And I said this before, notice that He made you sit together, He made you sit in that exalted position. You didn't get a choice on that one. Because we think, oh God, we're not worthy. Ah, yada, yada, yada. He's going to shut up and sit. If you don't have a good confession, don't make one. <laughs> you know? Just say, yes Lord, thank you Lord. <laughs> you know? Just be grateful, receive it. Amen? I know this is hard for some people, but this you, we really need to receive this. And it says that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Did you see all of that? That He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us. All right, let's move on. We went on to look at the fact that... um, (laughs) The primary purpose for our creation was so God would have someone that he could lavish his love upon and give them everything he had. That's going to be in Romans eight seventeen. But first of all, he wanted a family. And that's why the Apostle John wrote again in 1 John 3, 1 and 2. He says, Behold what manner of love, love, okay? The Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. And then he says, Beloved, now we are children of God. I want to hurry up and catch up to where we left off. All right. <laughs> so follow me quickly. All right. All right. And in verse uh, Romans 8:17, it says, "And since we are His children, watch now, the, the the exclamation about we being His children means something." The Apostle Paul says, "Since we are His children," in Romans 8:17, in the New Living Translation, he says, "We will share His treasures, for everything God gives to His Son, Christ, is ours too." Hallelujah. See, He wants to love us. Wants to give us everything. What is our problem? What more do you want? Do you know the devil lied when he said God's holding things back from you? To Adam and Eve. Did you know that? Because God said everything is yours. Yeah, but what about the, the, the tree of the good uh, fruit of good, good and evil? It wasn't time yet. There would come a time when God would have said, okay, you're ready. But can I tell you this? This is something you need to learn. The devil always pushes you into things when you're not ready. So that what was meant to be a blessing to you will damage you. Did you get This is a huge revelation if you get it. Please get it. Because a lot of times we're pushing for things and the devil forces, you know, he's getting us to say to God, Well, hurry up God, if you don't do this, then I'm not blah, 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 blah. You know how we do those things? And God's going, if I do this, that's going to wreck you, dude. Or do that. (laughs) You know what? You don't know what you're asking. I'll give you everything, but you need to be ready for some things. (laughs) Moving on, moving on, moving on. All right, so... (laughs) We went on to look at 1 John 4, It says, we love Him because He first loved us. We've talked about this. And then we went on to verse 10 where it says, in this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sin. Remember again, that was the payment. He loved us so much. So we're going to look at that. I want to look at that today. I'm running out of time already. But let's, let's move on. <laughs> yeah okay stop holding those up what <laughs> one more scripture <coughs> Ephesians 3:17 let's just quickly go through those it says that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love there's something very significant in these verses okay verse 18 may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is that width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ verse 19 which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, remember again, I, I I I said to you last time that part of the fullness of God was God's strength. Remember in Ephesians chapter six, verse ten, the apostle Paul says, Be strong in what? The Lord and the power of his might. So there is, there is a power and a strength that comes from God himself that the enemy has no defense against. Are you all with me? See, that's the power we need to tap into. When we are trying to be strong in ourselves, <laughs> don't try. You are up against an enemy that has had eons. Time to practice. Took down a third of the angels. Yeah, forget about it, dude or whatever. Okay, I don't know what you all believe, but somewhere, he's, he is well versed in taking people down. That's the reason why we need God's wisdom, God's mind, we have the mind of Christ, we need God's strength, we need everything of God. Because we're made in his image and his likeness and he needs and wants to dwell in us. So that everything of him is in here when the enemy comes attacking. Get it? And remember again as to where this power would come from. Remember Jesus said in Acts one eight, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And that's when you'll be witnesses. See, we were meant to be witnesses in power, not in argument. And yes, we can say things and we can touch people's hearts by what we say. Of course we can. But we need to understand that this wasn't just the gospel that was meant to be just verbally communicated. Amen? There was power in this. All right. And that's the reason why we went back to Ephesians 3.19 in the New Living Translation and said, because we understand when the Apostle Paul talked about the fullness of his power, he meant his strength as well. And why I really like the New Living Translation in my version. I don't know about this one, okay? That says, may you experience the love of Christ, uh, though it is so great that you will never uh, fully understand it, then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power. The fullness of life and power that comes from God. Oh, hallelujah. We need both of those things. We need His life and we need His power. Amen? And then we went on to look at Romans 8.37. Yet in all these things, New, New, uh, New King James Version, this is the reason why it says, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. I've caught you up. It took me 20 whole minutes, but... <laughs> anyway. But this is, this, is, this is important that you get all of that as we move forward now. Love is the key to power and victory. In and for every area of our life. Did you get that? We really need to get a hold of this. Love is the key. It's, it never fails. That's the reason why it never fails. Because God is love. And if you're walking in love, then you're walking in God, and the thing won't fail. The devil will try to do everything for you to fight for your own right. And God says, don't. See, this is where you just, you know, you have to part ways with the world. And even those Christians that say they're Christians and in the world, and, you know, yeah. Yeah, I won't say anymore. Because I have to repent. All right, <laughs> i have tell you, it is at the center of everything because it is what connects us to God and takes us from religion to relationship. In fact, if we miss this, then we'll miss the whole point of everything that God did from Genesis to Revelation, including when he said, and let's go to Genesis 1, through 28. I want you to see this from a point of love now, okay? When he said, then then God said, let us make man in our image. That you ladies too, all right? according to our likeness. I need you to understand, before the foundation of the world, God loved you. God was thinking about you. And that love began to speak. This wasn't... Uh, let's make something we can play with. <laughs> you catch this, please. He said, we're going to make someone... Watch now the love that's behind this. Our likeness. Our image. They're going to be just like us. We want... That, that someone to love. We're not having them so that we can beat them and tell them you have to do this and have to do that. We have them we, so that we can love them. And over time, they'll love us back. But they'll love us based on how we love them. And one thing my Sarah girl knows, and Daniel knows, and both of them argue about this to everybody else who doesn't know this, that God doesn't come and test them and try them and He's not mad with them? Hello? And that if anything goes wrong, they kill the devil off. I want to use another word, but let's just go with that, shall we? Okay. <laughs> I was going to use a Texas phrase. They cast the devil out, but you know, they just tell the devil off, man. I mean, and then, I've, I've just learned to rely on, on, a lot of times when Sarah prays or Daniel prays, boy, they just pray beyond... A lot of times, what I can pray. Oh, hallelujah! I see something and it's gone wrong, and I'm like, "Please, God, fix it, Lord." And she'll come and pray, Lord. Everything that the enemy did, let him regret it, and let it all turn to our good. And uh, I mean, it just—I mean, she just goes on and going. Oh, what she said! Forget my prayer. Let's go with that one. And I don't know how many times she's done that. And I've just honestly—I'll be honest with you, confessions of a pastor. There have been times when things have gone so wrong, I'm thinking there's just no way that this can ever turn to any good. Come on now. Don't tell me you didn't think that somewhere in your life. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and you know, she, she's just prayed that and the thing has actually turned out for our good. In a, I mean, just... That's God. Amen? That's so you don't try to teach the ant how to run a space shuttle. It's like, you know, just that's the difference between you and God. It tries to drive the thing, it'll crash. So give it to Him. He knows how, He created it. Amen? So, (laughs) the first time, I have to admit, I, I didn't have a lot of faith when Sarah prayed. But after it came to pass, I had lots of faith. Uh, I'm telling you, okay? Just so you know, I'm not some holy person with a ring around my head. Hmm. I won't talk about my head. All right, so, <laughs> so back to the... Oh dear Lord, we're going to get one extra scripture in today. But I, I want you to see something here because this is so important that God said all of this in love. Listen to it from those ears, okay? God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. He said, I love him so much, I don't, want any, I don't want anything to have dominion over them. These are my kids. They're going to dominate everything. And they'll do it in love. Because our image, our likeness, God is love. So he created man after that image and likeness. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's why only they should have dominion. Because they have that love. You should not have dominion if you want to exercise authority in hate or strife or anything else. You can only have dominion if you're willing to exercise that in love. Do you hear me? People are trying to take dominion over things and they've got strife in their heart, they've got anger, they've got, you know, unforgiveness, and they're thinking, why isn't it working? Well, because it's coming from a wrong place. Do you know Jesus said, if you can believe with your heart, when you're speaking the mountains, you have to believe with your heart. If your heart is wrong, the mountain won't move. Hello? Amen? We try to go at a mountain with strife in our heart, with anger, resentment, unforgiveness, all of those things, and we're trying to move a mountain. The mountain, mountain looking at and laughing at you. Get it? Back to this. So. <laughs> I need you to see this. God said, let us make man in our our image. After our likeness, let them have dominion. Over the fish the sea, all the stuff, okay? And it says in verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So both were made in his image, okay? After his likeness, verse 28. Then God blessed them. God didn't curse them. Did you hear me? God blessed them. So we should be living blessed lives. I want to say it again. God created us out of love and then blessed our lives. You know, you should, people should be going, this is the luckiest person I've seen on the planet. No, we're the blessedest. I know that's a bad word in this noise, but I want to say it. The old English says, we are most Blessed. Okay. <laughs> we are blessed. Amen. And that's because God blessed us. When he created us, he, he created us and blessed us because he loves us. And said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. That, those two words have so many applications in science, in mathematics, in all the areas that we were meant to conquer. We were meant to discover all of these rules and laws. Do you know the greatest scientific discoveries came when people believed that God was the one that created everything? Did you know that? That's the reason why they went looking, because they wanted to see the hand of the maker. They wanted to see how God created things. When when people talk about evolution and talk about, you know, (laughs) all this just evolved, that there's no... I will guarantee you after a while, they will just drop it because they won't care anymore. They talk about the amazing thing of science. But these people that started all of this were looking to something far greater than themselves and said, we want to discover something. We want to see God in His creation. Romans talks about that. That all creation talks about God. And these scientists wanted to see God. That's why that's what drove them. So when you say God and science don't mix, you, you really don't know what you're talking about. You have no idea. Because science came from God. Amen. That's what subdue means, by the by. it always tickles me when people go, We discovered this. Yes, yeah, something that was already created you discovered. Woohoo. <laughs> you know? I don't know, you know you know yeah he didn't make it alright and that's why again he says subdue it have dominion and he repeats that again don't you think he was trying to make a point do you think he still wants us to get this instead of going to him and saying why are you letting this happen he is saying to us why are you letting this happen because I gave you all authority he said, I've been given all authority, now you go. Do you know what he, he meant by you go? I, I've got the authority, I'm giving it to you, go do this stuff. Remember, that's what he said to his disciples when he was down here. He said, go two by two. And they came back and said, even demons are subject to your next... This is this stuff, it's good. <laughs> you know? We didn't think we'd work. And Judas going, I didn't think mine would work. So much as I was doubting it the whole way. You know, you, know? You, know, you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, work for all of them. Hello? Okay? We, we need to get a hold of this. The fact that all of them were able to do that and the fact that He healed them all. Whenever He was with anybody, He healed everybody because it was never a part of God's will for sickness to be in this earth. So regardless of what problems you have, we'll get you healed and then we'll talk about it. Uh. It is only after you understand that you were created out of love to be loved by God and experience that love in a very real way will you truly take your place as God's son or daughter and receive the fullness of God, which includes God's life and power, Ephesians 3.19, and begin to truly love God and love others, the two great commandments. And additionally... So that you can be a blessing to others, take dominion and subdue anything and everything that the enemy does against God and his loved ones. That's our job. We were loved, we were blessed, we become a blessing, and we love in the same way. That's the reason why we pray over people. Get the devil off of their back. Amen, because that's the way we can love. One comment here and then we'll stop. I was meant to get to these today. I, Howard Marshall, writes this. Listen, and we'll finish with this. It is good for us constantly to renew our knowledge of God's love. Did you get that? It is good for us... I haven't finished, okay? Long way to go. It is good for us Constantly to renew our knowledge of God's love. As we read of it in the Bible, as we hear it proclaimed in the worship of the church, you know, all of our songs, they're all Scripture. They just put pretty music to it and craft the words brilliantly. I mean, they're just all so well-crafted. You know, there's a way of saying it, and the there's a way of saying it. And we have, <laughs> we have the second. I can't do that again. I might not come back up. All right? So <laughs> there is, it's so beautiful. And I, I will always enjoy this. I never take it for granted. Amen. Do you know why? Because whenever you start taking something for granted, it stops. Thank, thankfulness keeps the doorway open for God to continue to bless you. Amen even when the devil is doing everything. You know, there are things just in this last week that I've seen the devil take something good and twist it and make you feel like you've done, made mistakes or done something wrong. And as I was worshiping God, as I was focusing on God's love, as I was thinking about God so loved me, sorry, I needed that. That day I needed to know God so loved me. And I began to realize something I saw God showing me something, and He said, I love you too much for things to go wrong in your life. And whenever things are going right, even, for the devil to twist it and make it look like it's wrong. He said one of two things. (laughs) He said, if you made a mistake, repent, and I'll fix it. I'm bigger than your mistake.'" Number two, if you didn't, then you need to say, peace, be still. And shut the thing down. One way or the other, you win. That's good news to me. And then I was happy. I was very happy after that. The peace of God that passed all understanding settled. And then every time the devil tried to bring something, I said, i rebuke you. You lying devil. <laughs> you, know, you got to talk to him, man, because he's talking to you. You need to shut him up. Where was I? Yeah, okay, let me <laughs> let me read the whole thing and I'll finish. It says, It is good for us to constantly, excuse me, for us constantly to renew our knowledge of God's love as we read it in the Bible, as we hear it proclaimed in the worship of, uh, worship of the church, and as we consider the ways in which our whole life has been molded by experiences of God's love and care for us. Our whole life has been molded by experiences of God's love and His care for us. Amen? We need to remember that. Ah, one more. I'll come back and talk about this, okay? Thomas F. Johnson says, it is God's love which enables authentic agape love among Christians. This is so important. The self-sacrificing nature of divine love calls forth among believers the same grateful response of costly love in return, both to God and to one another. We'll talk about that next week. We can't love others, and love God if we don't receive first His love. Because we are empty vessels trying to love Him and love others. And it won't work. We first, remember, number one, we first have to receive love. We have to fill our tank up. And out of that love, there is power, there is life, there is wisdom, there is everything that we need to navigate life, to succeed in life, to be more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Amen? And then to be a blessing to others. Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank You today for Your Word. and We thank You, Father, for all that we are learning, all that we are growing in. I pray... That this week, that each and every one of us will have a revelation of your love. And a revelation that because you love us so much, you gave us authority and you will back up that authority. And it is not something that we have to try to make happen. It is something that will happen as we rest in you are convinced in the deepest recesses recesses of our hearts that you love us more than we can imagine. And the words, God so loved, applies to each of us. And we can put our name in it. And that we can live a life that is engulfed in love. and that pours out love everywhere it goes. In Jesus' name.